0: Hello and welcome to Top Stories. It's producer Chris. Copenhagen was the hot ticket in December 2009 as global leaders gathered to tackle the climate crisis. And we all know how well that went. It's Bugle issue 97 bad news for stupid buildings, Afghanistan and shoes.
2: Top story this week the Copenhagen diet to achieve a healthy, bikini ready earth in just 40 years. (laughs) Andy, the planet Earth is not in great health. Years of substance abuse, cosmetic surgery and just generally letting itself go has left it a hot, shivery mess. Starting this Monday and for the next two weeks, delegations from 192 countries will travel to Copenhagen in Denmark to attempt to stage an intervention on each other. We all have to admit as a species that we have a problem and move forward, Andy. (laughs) No, we have to mean it this time. Not like last time when we said we'd changed, then the next thing we knew, we'd woken up in the middle of a brand new power plant emitting its smoky arse off, wondering how we'd got there. (laughs) The Copenhagen attendees are hoping to establish a new global treaty on climate change to, uh, to replace the Kyoto Treaty, which will expire in 2012. And what a treaty! The Kyoto Treaty has been for the world, Andy. Massive treaty. Oh, what what a treaty. The uh, emphasis very much on the treat bit. Yeah, very much so. Uh, Kyoto was the treaty equivalent of the clown car. Sure, it looked like it had an impressive number of people in it, but it was always going to fall apart before it went anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm
3: going to call it Copenhagen, John, with your newfangled American pronunciations. Actually, I'm not even sure that is American. Copenhagen. Actually, Copenhagen. Copenhagen sounds more American than Copenhagen. Yeah, I
2: think they say Copenhagen here. So f- you. <laughs> well, uh, for me, it's just that place with that mermaid. <laughs> anyway. That's a very quick, elegant way to dismiss a major European capital, <laughs> Andy. <landing.
3: laughs> the uh, conference is part attempt to save the human race, but more importantly, a real opportunity for some large scale political dick swinging. <laughs> and it's really going to be like the World Conquer Championships in there. Only with politicians complaining, you've
2: baked your dick in vinegar, that is not fair. (laughs) Not fair, it's against the rules. Whack! Ow! American people don't have the game Conkers, Andy, so that joke (laughs) is not only going to be inexplicable, it's going to sound quite alarming too. (laughs) Well, let me explain it. Conkers, it's
3: it's one of the greatest games ever invented, obviously it's a traditional... British game like all sports it was invented by Britain and uh, involves taking a a conker or horse chestnut if that's what you Americans call it over there and sticking a bit of a a leather thong or a bit of string through it. (laughs) Again
2: thong. Thong would be something (laughs) different again there Andy. You're making this sound very weird. John I can't believe you even give a shit mate you've really lost touch with your roots. Um, (laughs) And then you fling your
3: conker against someone else's conker until one of them breaks. It's basically like marriage. And that's the game and some people cheat by baking their conkers. (laughs) or soaking them in vinegar and yep. that, hence hence the joke. Yeah. Uh, so I think I've over explained it now. It's uh, <laughs> probably slightly lost the uh, immediacy on upon which most comedy is is uh, is based. Is that clear that? I think so. Okay. Let's call that a footnote, an audio
2: footnote. But you'd think that by simply agreeing to not destroy the thing that we live on, you know, you'd think that would be a relatively simple process. But you know, if you did think that, deep down, you'd know you were being a naive, lovable buffoon. <laughs> there are so many developing intricate side plots to this summit that it's starting to look like a Mexican soap opera. <laughs> Nick Griffin, BNP leader and Britain's undisputed king of the. Uh, I think we all know what that bleep is now. Uh, We'll be representing the European Parliament at the summit, and you won't be surprised to learn that Nick Griffin's position on global warming is similar to his position on the Holocaust. Yet to be convinced, is Nick. In fact, he recently said, the anti-Western intellectual cranks of the left suffered a collective breakdown when communism collapsed. Climate change is their new theology, but the heretics will have a voice in Copenhagen, and the truth will out. Climate change is being used to impose an anti-human utopia as deadly as anything conceived by Stalin or Mao. (laughs) Now, although this seems incredibly depressing that he's going there, Andy, let's just stop and think for a second, because having him there might actually turn out to be a great thing for (laughs) pro-environmentalists. You do not want that poisonous little (laughs) on your side. (laughs) him agreeing with you about literally anything is enough to make you want to throw yourself out a window. Hey, I like omelettes. What about you, Nick Griffin? I like them too. Then I shall never eat another egg again. (laughs) From this day forth, eggs are dead to me. If I was a global warming sceptic, Andy, I'd be tempted to switch positions just to get away from the nasty little turd. (laughs) But this is perhaps the key problem with democracy, though. You can land in the situation where you're sending a man like Nick Griffin to a summit which will determine the logistical future of the entire world. And when you consider his presence, it's hard to make a strong case against us as a species deserving to be extinct. (laughs) The impressive thing is that he and the BNP can still somehow manage to turn the environment into a discussion about immigration. In fact, he'll only engage in environmental issues when he sees a window to shove an anti-immigration policy through. Uh, The BNP claims, for instance, that it would improve Britain's transport infrastructure and reduce carbon dioxide levels by reducing the number of immigrants in Britain using roads, cars, trains and buses. Wow! You have got to hand it to him. Even his environmental policies are racist. (laughs) The lad is consistent. Even if that consistency is being a (laughs) But the big question is, John,
3: and it is increasingly clear that we are at war with the environment. It hates our way of life. And we need to take strong action to uh, prove to it that we're not going to let it destroy us. Uh, So uh, the strong action being taken is the political world acting as normal, as we do in the face of threats, which basically involves allowing long-term communal well-being to be thoroughly fisted by short-term economic (laughs) self-interest. But the big question, John, is does anyone really give a shit? Because I've asked this at a few gigs, John, recently. Right. I've said, uh, are you looking forward to the Copenhagen conference? And yeah. literally no one has cared. I know this is not an entirely scientific sample, but that seems to be the grounds on which this debate is happening these days. So, when in Rome, do as you like to think the Romans are doing. There was an online poll in the, uh, uh, on the Daily Mail website, uh, which said that 85% of people think the economy is more important than the environment. Which is fair enough, because you can't live without money, but oxygen is, relatively speaking, a modern affectation. <laughs> And the nation is apparently increasingly sceptical about how much we humans are actually to blame for climate change. But then, also as a nation, 20 million of us a week watch televised karaoke. So, frankly, our national opinion is probably 100% wrong.
2: (laughs) The other thing that may derail any progress at this major summit has been the recent email, kind of a scandal but not really, from the University of East Anglia. Hundreds of messages between scientists were hacked. And seemed to suggest that some of the scientists were proposing tweaking some of the statistics. And you know, tweaking is generally frowned upon in science. Uh, climate skeptics have claimed that the emails undermined the case for climate change altogether and have started calling these emails climate gate. Now, the key issue with these emails is that they don't actually really change anything. They certainly don't look good, especially when it turned out that they just thrown out the raw data which supported their claims while moving labs a while ago. And that is definitely something they should not have done Andy. If in doubt, just hang on to it. Find a place for it in your new lab. Throw out that bobblehead Einstein instead and make some The shadow of this may yet have a very negative consequence on Copenhagen. Saudi Arabia's uh, lead climate negotiator has said that they prove that climate change is not caused by humanity. To which your response really has to be, oh, really? Saudi Arabia's negotiator (laughs) said that? Wow. I mean, coming from him, that really gives you pause for thought. This is the same guy who's been hiding an oil-drenched dead seagull under his foot for the last ten years. The same one who claimed that the film The Little Mermaid proved that mankind was not responsible for climate change. And who, any time someone mentions the word wind turbine, throws himself straight out of the window. That guy.
1: (laughs)
3: Well, they'll understand and be delighted. It kind of suits them. Although, also, John, you you should think they're a desert, Saudi Arabia. You'd have thought that maybe they'd be keen on solar power as well. But they do have a tradition of not using large parts of the natural resources available to them. Uh, For example, women. (laughs) So, to sum up, what can Copenhagen achieve? Well, it could achieve the guaranteed continuing feasibility of life on Earth and the prolonged survival of the human species. What will it achieve? <laughs> well, probably, at best, a binding agreement to think about what non-binding verbal agreements it might be good to talk about at another conference in a few years' time.
0: So, fingers crossed. Thanks for listening. Support what we do and donate via the buglepodcast.com. Premium-tier subscribers can now get an exclusive 12-inch vinyl episode of the show. If you listen in Apple, you can also click the button to support us right now, too.